Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. Good morning, guys. My name is Aaron Ashton. I am the worship pastor here, but I get a privilege to speak to you today. <laughs> um, just to uh, share with you about uh, the message series that we have been talking about is the Sermon on the Mount, but we decided we would like to do like a little bit of a mini-series prequel, essentially. Um, so the past couple of, well, actually the past month, we had a series entitled, But I Tell You. And in this series, we talked about the different um, topics that Jesus preached about in the Sermon on the Mount. As we were preaching about it, we found that, you know, Jesus was very, um, had very contrary uh, things to say about the, the things that, that the world, you know, thinks about things. So things about, like, loving your enemies, um, you know, thing, things about hate and, and anger. So we got to listen to um, about what Jesus says about all these different things and how we can apply them to our lives. So it was a great series. Um, the biggest thing that I felt like I took away from it was just that, you know, Jesus presented this impossible holy standard, um, but at the same time, he showed just so much grace through it. You know, everything that, that we preached about in this series was, you know, things that we can't really achieve on our own, you know, loving our enemies at all times. That's a really difficult thing to do, for example, but, but Jesus showed that there is grace in all of these things, all these commands that he gave us. So it was a beautiful picture of just showing that, um, you know, the, the holy standard that Jesus calls us to live by, but also the grace that is in that as well. So as we strive for that, um, I don't know about you, but I know that I will fall short at times, and I know that uh, you know Jesus's grace is enough for me to get through that. So, uh, so that's what we have been talking about. But today we're going to talk about the Beatitudes. So this is the beginning of what is the famous Sermon on the Mount that we have heard about throughout our lives. So, um, the the main thing here that, that Jesus is challenging us to do is, you know, he's challenging us to live differently than than the way that the world does, and. And I think it's a difficult thing to do because it's in our it's in our nature to to act the way that um, the way that Jesus is sort of um, comparing and, and stuff. So we're just going to go ahead and get right into it if that's cool with you. So um, this comes from Matthew five. It's Matthew chapter five, and we're going to go from verse one to verse twelve. So I figured I would just start out by reading it all together, and then um, after we read it to sort of get it in our minds, then we'll go ahead and and. Uh, and go through it. So this is what it says, and I'm reading in the New International Version for those of you who wondered. So it says this. Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him. He began to teach them, saying, Blessed, I'm going to say blessed because it sounds cooler instead of blessed. So blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecute the prophets who were before you. So as we uh, as we sort of just sort of pick through this, 
I felt like I wanted to sort of bring it an approach almost like the way that Jesus preached in, in all throughout the Gospels, where it's very, you know, personal. He would just kind of be hanging out, and then just crowds would come and gather around him. So you have all gathered here today. So we're going to go ahead and do that. <laughs> so it's going to be, um, I'm, I'm just going to kind of take each scripture, and then we're just going to, uh, you know, figure out what we fe- what I feel what I feel like God has been speaking me that that can really um you know change your life today. So the first thing I thought it was very interesting as I was reading this, uh it was funny because the first verse of this passage is just kind of like setting it up. It's just setting up what um the rest of the message that Jesus was saying. But it was interesting because I felt like as I was reading it, the Holy Spirit almost spoke to me um, about this first verse. It says that now when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and they began to, or he began teaching. You know, that's just like, okay, so we're about to hear the Sermon on the Mount. But whenever I read that, I felt like it was really important to note that the disciples came to him. Just that little tiny half sentence, the disciples came to him because a lot of times I feel like in our lives, we forget to do this. So... So many times I know that for me, if I'm dealing with things, if I'm going through struggles in my life, if I'm not really sure what answers that I need um, to find out, whether it's, you know, personal, whether it's through friendships or relationships, whatever it is, so often I find myself going to my friends. I find myself going maybe to coworkers or, or, or to other people. Or so often you hear people that, you know, they're just like venting all their problems to the barista at Starbucks every morning. And like you have this amazing friendship or whatever you want to call it because you see this dude every day. Or, or maybe like you'll just go to a bar and you'll hang out and have a drink and talk to um, the bartender and like hours go by and then you're just spilling all these things about your life and stuff. Or, or maybe, um, you know, you go, maybe it's your parents or Facebook. This is a huge one. As you have probably seen this past week, so many people just spill out all of these things that they have to say, all these things that, that are inside their spirit or, or, or in their head that they just want to get out. So they just start saying and speaking all of these different things to people and, and just hoping that they get an answer from someone that they might, you know, think is, is the right one. But what I have learned is that this Bible right here, this has all the answers that you ever need. And I know that's like such a cliche thing to say. It's like, all right, Aaron, well, of course, you know, you're preaching right now, so of course you're going to say that the Bible is where all the answers are. But for real, I want to, I want to say to you today that, that anytime you're struggling with something, when you don't know the answer of what you need to do, if you just come to Jesus, just like the disciples did in this Sermon on the Mount, when you just simply come to him and you listen to what he has to say to you, that means you come to Scripture, you come, you just worship before him, you just sing out to him, you pray to him, whatever that is, whenever you just sit down and you read the words of God that he has given you already then I know for a fact in my life and in your life, I know that that God will begin to speak through those words that he will speak to you and he will tell you the things that you need to know. And, that, and it's, it's often very personal. So often I'm, I'm just, you know, reading and I'm, uh, I'm praying to God and, and the Holy Spirit will just speak something to me that's like exactly what I needed, exactly what, what um, the, the answer that I needed. So, um, that's what we're doing here today. We're coming to Jesus. We are coming to hear from him, to, to hear the words that he has to speak for us in our lives today. And then as you move forward, we have um, all these different blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the righteous, all these things. But I figured it would probably be a good idea to understand what does it mean to be blessed. Um, our culture has kind of screwed this word up a little bit, I think. It's almost like desensitized us to the word blessed. And it, as I was thinking about it, it's like, it's like, so often people in our culture, they're just like, yeah, hashtag blessed. So, 
It's like, yeah, I'm so blessed that I got friends. I'm so blessed that I got this car. Like, I'm so blessed that, that I'm happy today. But um, it's just funny to me as I was thinking about it, like different things that people say. It's almost like the Christian version of saying I'm lucky. Like, you don't really want to say I'm lucky because, you know, God makes all things happen. So you, you can't really be like, oh, yeah, I'm lucky that this happened. It's like, oh, I'm blessed that this happened. Um, almost like a like switching that word out. Or when someone sneezes, you're just like, oh, bless you. Like, are you really blessing them in that moment? Or is it just like, yeah, bless you. I, I know I, th- these are things that I'm actually doing. <laughs> so it's like, if I say bless you, I'm, I'm probably not actually, th- you know, honestly saying bless you. Or, or there's like the, oh, I'm too blessed to be stressed. Like there's that one. Um, or like the, I think it's the Irish blessing, you know, prayers go up, blessings come down. Um, or then here's one. This this brings me back to Drake, where he's like, I'm here for a good time, for not a long time, you know, I, and then he's like, I'm way up, I feel blessed, but it's like, Drake, that's, that's not, that's not what blessed actually <laughs> means, and it's like, that's, like, just because you're here to have a good time, because you haven't had one in a long time, that's not what, that's not what blessed is, but anyway, um, so I feel like the word blessed is such a difficult thing to wrap our minds around, especially in our culture, because, you know, it, it, it doesn't really make sense, you know, biblically, the way that people usually use it. But as I was reading um, throughout this week, I found this this really cool definition that I felt really just kind of encapsulated what it actually does mean. And it says that the word blessed, it means more than just happy because happiness is an emotion often dependent on an outward circumstance. See, blessed here, it refers to the ultimate well-being and distinctive spiritual joy of those who share in the salvation of the kingdom of God. That was a lot of words, so I'm just going to say that one part one more time. It says that blessed here refers to the ultimate well-being and distinctive spiritual joy of those who share in the salvation of the kingdom of God. So whenever you think of blessed in that way, that's, you know, happiness can come from that. All these different things that people say, like, I'm too blessed to be stressed, whatever it is. These things are all parts of of what happens whenever you are blessed. But the ultimate idea of what it means to be blessed is that we have experienced this amazing gift of God, the amazing gift of salvation, of, of a life eternal whenever we, uh, whenever we pass one day, and, and a life here on earth that is so much greater than what our lives could be without God. So this is the idea of what, what Jesus is saying as he's going through these Beatitudes, saying, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the righteous. So I just wanted to make sure we understood that before we move forward and, and talked about all these different blessings and things like that. So... Um, as I was as I was reading this, I was kind of thinking, you know, I can't I can't like break down every single scripture because we'd probably be here uh, until until Beach Day, um, so I'm not going to do that today. But as I was reading it, it was interesting because I found out that it seems as though that Jesus was was a Pentecostal preacher because he did everything in threes. So I thought that was very interesting. Obviously, I'm kidding here. That's just a, a little joke on me. <laughs> but it's just funny to me. I can't help but do things in threes. I'm not really sure why. But that's just how it works. So um, there's three different categories that I felt that that these things um, were sort of broken into here. So the first category is humility. So these first three verses, it says that blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And blessed... Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And in these three things, as you really dive in and look at, in, into what each of them means, it's really talking about us being humble. 
So the first part of this, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit. Poor in spirit is is this idea that, you know, you are not, you're not like a prideful person. You don't, you know, you're not trying to make everything happen on your own. And um, this is an idea that that I thought was super interesting because it's not really necessarily talking about, you know, our financial or, or um, you know, like a more of a practical thing. But at the same time, um, I was almost, I almost started to think of it that way because uh, whenever we're just kind of, you know, going through life on our own, it's interesting just how we, um, we just kind of get, do things just to get by. But whenever we're focused on, you know, who God is and, and putting others before ourselves and, and, and whenever we're focusing on what God has done in our lives, um, it's almost like you kind of begin to become more generous. You begin to, you know, become uh, more focused on things that aren't necessarily going to, you know, benefit you right in that moment. Um, and then there's also, you know, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. I think that this is just like a beautiful picture of how God, you know, he shows the love that he has for us. He shows that whenever we decide to uh, take a step back, um, this is probably a bigger thing um, for, for, for me. This is a difficult thing for me because whenever I'm with my, you know, my, w- with my friends or people that are close to me, it's a lot of times I, I try not to like wear my emotions on my sleeve completely um, because there's there's ways that you can kind of hide things you know like if, you, if you're with your friends and you feel like you need to make sure that you're like this macho man or or whatever and you you don't want to share things with each other you don't want to you know have have the the um, the things that you're struggling with or or whatever it is you don't want to share them with other people because you feel like it might make you look weak Whenever you actually step past that, whenever you actually, you know, go through, maybe you need a good cry sometime, that's something that is in here. It's saying that that is a good thing because, you know, you will be comforted in that moment because um, even if there's, like, nobody else around you, whenever you just go to God and you just cry out to him, God will be there and he will comfort you. I've been through moments in my life where where I, I was pretty much just, like, I felt like I hit rock bottom. There were moments where I felt like I had nothing else to do that I could do. There was no way for me to um, to figure out what the next step was. I didn't know how to get past where I was, and that's what I needed to do. I just needed to come before God, and I just needed to um, really wear my emotions on my sleeve in that moment and just almost like yell at him. Sometimes I'll do that. I don't, I'm not going to say that that's like the most theological way to pray, but I do know that God values whenever we're honest with him, whenever we are, uh, whenever we humble ourselves before him. So I want to encourage you with that today. And then and then the third uh, thing in this category of, of humility is meek. So it says, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. So meek, um, it's kind of a weird word. I don't think people really use that often today. Like, yeah, I'm over here. I'm just being meek. Um, that's not really a, a common term. But what, what meek really means in this context is it's it's like a, a humility, especially in God's presence. So again, this is just kind of saying that whenever we're in the presence of God, to just come before him, you know, unashamed, come before him with all we are, with our heart wide open to him. So that's why whenever whenever I'm seeing, whenever I'm worshiping, I often am encouraging people, you know, let's just get it all out there. Like lift up your hands, close your eyes, focus in on him and just praise his name, just worship him, just, just get it all out there, just Tell God what you need. Tell God what you're dealing with. Tell him what you're going through. And this is, is, is a beautiful act that God will see. And, and whenever we are humble in his presence, 
things begin to happen, things begin to change, and he will meet you there. Uh, the second category that I felt that uh, that Jesus preached on during this sermon was was seek God. Just to seek God. So it says that uh, to hunger, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. And blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. So when we hunger and thirst for righteousness, I think that these things sort of build off of each other. First, we begin to hunger and thirst for him. So it's it's saying that we begin to seek after him, we begin to pursue uh, relationship with him. We begin to study scripture to see who God truly is. And and not not to go and necessarily just like read a bunch of articles that different people have, uh, you know, shared on their Facebook timeline, but to actually go into scripture and dive into it and read things the scripture has to say so that you can actually know and understand who God truly is and let the Holy Spirit speak through your heart as you read. So when you begin to recognize how merciful God is to you, I think that's what happens when we when we seek and we begin to recognize how merciful he is. And as you begin to seek him more, you understand like I'm this screwed up human being, like there's nothing that 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 I have that I will ever be able to do to gain this love, to earn this love that you have given me, God. So as you begin to do that, you begin to understand his mercy more and more each day. And as we begin to understand his mercy, it gives us the ability to be merciful to others as well. So, you know, there's, there's like two comparisons here. If you are, um, if you're not really acting in mercy, you know, there's, there's a story in scripture where, um, you know, there's this king and, and this, this servant comes up to him and he owes him like, I'm not sure the, the amounts, but he owes him a ton of money. Like he can never pay it off. It's like three times his lifetime income. Um, that's a huge burden to bear. But he comes to this king and he says to him, like, I'm so sorry, like, I can't pay this. I don't know what to do. He's like, just lock me up forever, you know. But the king, he shows him mercy. And in this moment, this 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 person is like, you know, thank you so much. I appreciate so much that you have done for me. Like, I can actually live my life now. You you paid my debt for me. And then this guy, he goes out and he finds this guy that, that is his servant or, or someone that borrowed money from him. And he's like, hey, dude, so I'm good to go, but you owe me, like, a couple million dollars, so let's make that happen right now. And he's like, man, I can't do that. So he begins to, like, grab him and, and like, almost beat him and say, like, I want my money right now, boy. And and in that moment, uh, the king actually hears about this, and he's like, hey, I heard that you just, like, were trying to get money from this dude right after I just um, paid for your debt. Like, what's the deal with that? And he's like, I mean, I just kind of wanted my money. I wasn't really showing mercy like you did, but... Um, and then, and then he's like, that's not cool. And then he ends up throwing him in jail forever, but that's besides the point. (laughs) So, but the point is that, you know, God shows us this amazing mercy. God's mercy is, is perfect. And we're probably going to screw it up at times, but, but I just want to make, make it clear that whenever we begin to study and whenever we begin to seek God and understand who he is and just come to him, when we begin to come to God, that is whenever we will understand, you know, that's when we will begin to show other people mercy because, when you receive something so beautiful, when you receive something so incredible, there's, you, you just want to begin to give that to others. You want to begin to pay it forward. And then, and then to be pure in heart, that's just having a clear conscience. Whenever, um, whenever you come to God, I think a lot of times, you know, it's difficult to, to tell him what's going on in your life. It's difficult to 
lay it all out there. But whenever we just say like, God, this is what I'm dealing with. This is the, you know, the, the things that I've been struggling with. This is the addiction that I may be dealing with or whatever it is for you today. Whenever we just tell God what's going on, whenever we tell him what we're dealing with and ask him to help us out with that, I know that he will do that. It's all about humility and seeking him. And then the last thing that I saw is really, it was kind of difficult to, to, you know, put this all into one word, but I felt like it was just pursuit of others. So pursuing others. It says that blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. And a peacemaker, that's another word that's a little bit interesting because, you know, you could think about it in, in a lot of different ways, but, but what it really is saying here, a peacemaker, you know, Jesus was the ultimate peacemaker. What it's saying is that if you want peace, you want world peace, like like all the people, all the famous people are talking about, like, yeah, I would love world peace. That's what I want. That's what I want the most because it sounds cool. But world, what, what peace actually is really referring to in this is that the story of the gospel. So peace, the fact that Jesus came down to a crazy earth, the fact that Jesus came down and uh, and lived here, and he died for each one of us. That is the ultimate peace that we are striving for. That is the ultimate uh, goal, and really the whole uh, all of Scripture. That's why Jesus came here. And if you don't understand what this actually means, if you don't understand what peace really means, then you can't really be a peacemaker. You can't really make something that you don't know anything about. But so today, when when we're talking about peace, it's talking about the fact that Jesus came to earth. It's just the simple gospel right there. You know, the fact that Jesus came is the best story in the world. It's the most beautiful story. It's the most beautiful picture of what peace really is. Because I think that all the things that you'd be dealing with this week, all the things that have been happening with, with, um, with Charlottesville, all the things that have been happening with all this racial division and, and everything going on with, whether it's monuments or, or, or like the KKK, whatever it is, all these things have been happening, and that's not peaceful, right? That's, that's pretty obvious today. That's not a peaceful thing that's going down. But as I was thinking about it, it's really hard for me sometimes because I want to say, say things, but it, uh, if, if you say things on Facebook, you don't really get the tone, I guess. And so often people, they read things with their own opinion prior to reading what you have to say. So they're going to th- read things through that lens. But... All I really want to say about that is as I was really thinking and praying about what's going on with all of this, like how can we make a difference in this? How can we do something to come against this crazy stuff that's happening? And, and whenever you come with, uh, with like a combatant mentality, like my way is right, your way is wrong, that's, that's obviously not working. But whenever you understand that the most beautiful, the most perfect peace is that Jesus came down for every single person, it doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter who they love or hate. It doesn't really matter what their history is. None of that matters because Jesus came because he wanted to show every single person love, a love so beautiful. He wanted to show every single person peace. And whenever we come to him, I think that's when, that's when change begins to happen. I think that, that whenever we be, begin to understand what peace really is, that's when change begins to take place because Ultimately, he's the only one that can change someone's heart. The Holy Spirit is the only one that can change the way that someone begins to think. It's nothing, like, you, you, oftentimes you can't really just convince someone of, of, of something that is 
a lifestyle of theirs, but I know that Jesus can, and he will do that. So really the goal, um, if you want just like a little practical nut or uh, a little practical nugget for, uh, for how you can deal with all this stuff that's happening in our country right now is to love people. Um, I wasn't really going to share this, but just like a brief little uh, story that I read about a guy who, um, he was like, I think he's in his 70s or something, but uh, this man, for the past like 60 years or so, he would go to the homes, he was he was an African-American guy, he would go to these homes of people in the KKK, and he would just go in, he would befriend them, he would talk to them, he would just share love, or he, he would show love to them, and he would just speak to them as a person. Um, he would begin to have a relationship with them. And all the people that he would do that with, they were like, wow, I'm an idiot. I shouldn't be doing this. This is ridiculous. And, and they would, you know, they would, um, I don't know, exit the group, whatever it's called. They would they would quit being the racist person that they were because they understood, like, this is just a guy that loves me. This is a guy that cares for me. And I think that the relationship that can happen is such a beautiful thing. That's really the only way I feel like that people can um, begin to understand that it's all about each other. It's all about the heart. So um, I'm going to stop talking about that now. (laughs) Um, The other two things that, that Jesus touched on was he said that blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And he said, blessed are you when people insult you or persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you because of me. He actually told us to rejoice. Jesus right here, it says, rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. He told us to rejoice whenever people talk crap on us. He told us to rejoice whenever we're persecuted, whether it's physically, whether it's, you know, emotionally, whatever it is, he told us to rejoice. And it's like, how, God, can I rejoice when someone is is ripping into me? How can I rejoice when someone is treating me so poorly? But Jesus tells us to rejoice because of what is ahead. You know, in the same way that Jesus rejoiced whenever he was going to the cross, this was a brutal moment I think in history, a brutal moment in Jesus' life. You know, we picture him in the Garden of Gethsemane where he's, he's almost sweating like blood because he is so distressed about what he's about to do. He's so distressed about the fact that he's going to endure the most painful uh, death that existed in that time. But Jesus said, you know what, God, whatever you have for me, I'm going to do it. And, and he was able to rejoice in the fact that he gave his life for each one of us. He was able to rejoice because he knew what was ahead. He knew that when he, whenever he uh, got to heaven, whenever he was back in paradise, that he would be able to look back and say, you know, this is something that I was able to do. Like, I'm experiencing eternal life with my Father now. And that is something that, that he is saying to us today. Whenever we stand up for God, whenever we stand up for who Jesus is, when we begin to love the earth, when we begin to love our enemies, when we begin to show his love to everybody, Whatever happens on earth is temporary. Whatever happens here is only for a moment. And God promises us that our reward will be great in heaven. So I know it's a difficult thing to understand. It's a difficult thing to really do and, and think about in these moments because, you know, it might seem like a long time, but, but Jesus is promising us that our reward will be great and to rejoice in that. Um, whenever we do rejoice in that, I know that God, he always gives you the strength that you need to get through it too. Uh, there's nothing like that. So the main point that 
that I sort of wanted to, uh, you know, say just that if you forget everything else that I said today, try not to, but if you do, um, is this, that when I align myself to be the way that Jesus taught, I am the best version of myself for myself and for others. When I align myself to, when I align my lifestyle to be the way that Jesus taught, I am the best version of myself for myself and for others. So what is your primary purpose of being here? What is your primary purpose of of living on this earth? Is it to be blessed like you're happy, like things are good for you, you know? You're having a good time. You haven't had one in a long time. Um, Whatever it is. Or is it is it to really truly grab a hold of what Jesus did? Is it to understand what true peace is, to understand what true love is, and to understand who God is? Whenever you understand who God is, whenever you begin to re- really grasp this concept, um, I believe that that is whenever you you will have this moment where it'll like click in your mind. So whenever you have this this new Netflix series that you really like, for example. Typically, at least from my experience, I like to be like, bro, I got this, I like, I watched this new series. It's called Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. You should watch it. It's so funny. It's hilarious. I love it. There's this one, one guy and his name's Titus and he just cracks me up. He's so funny or whatever. You talk about it. Or if you have this new album that comes out, um, for me, I'm like, dude, did you hear the new Purpose album by the Beebs? It is so good. And I'm like trying to convince people to love him because everyone hates on him so much. But he's the man, right, Marty? Yeah. <laughs> but whatever it is for you, whether it's an album, whether it's, you know, a friend that you met, whether whether it's like a preacher that you listen to online or, um, or a church that you go to, or whether it's uh, a series, whatever it is, whenever you get really excited about something, you want to share that with your friends. I think you might know where I'm going here. But basically the point is this, that when you understand and grasp the concept of who Jesus is in your life, you grasp the concept of what what he has done for you. Whenever you experience Jesus Christ in a way that uh, that is personal, when you experience him and you've seen him pull you through things that you didn't know if you could make it or not, when you begin to understand who Jesus actually is in your life, only then well, you find it necessary to share it with your friends or share it with people that you, the, 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 that you know, whether it's at work or wherever. And it all begins with just a simple story. I think that when you personally experience Jesus, there are just some things that, that you understand. You know, God's word, it says that his mercies, they're new every single morning. It says that his grace is sufficient for you and that his power is made perfect in your weakness. So when you're struggling and going through things that you don't know if you can make it through, then God's power is shown in those times. It is shown to you and through you. God's word says that he loved the world so much that he gave his only son. He gave everything that he had for this world. He gave everything he had for you and for me. And even though it says that the wages of sin is death, the wages of my sin, the wages of your sin, it is death. But God's gift, his free gift to us is eternal life through him. You begin to grasp these things. You begin to understand that nothing can separate you from God's love, just as God's word says in Romans 8. And then it also says that you will receive power in your life in this moment. This isn't all about when you get to heaven. This isn't all about 
uh, what happens after you die. This is about now. This is about here. This is about Jesus giving you the power that you need through his Holy Spirit to make it through day by day as you continue to pursue him and you be, continue to seek him and seek his face. And God's word says that the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you today. When you begin to personally experience Jesus, when you begin to seek his face, then these things become obvious to you. These things become a part of your everyday life. So as Dylan comes forward here today just to lead us in one more song, I want you to really understand what I'm saying here. I want you to understand that that this is scripture that, that we're talking about here today, that the peace that God has for you today is unlike anything you can ever even imagine, anything you can ever give to yourself, anything that you can, um, you can gain from something that this earth has to offer. But the point is that if you don't first choose to come to Jesus, then this is all irrelevant. So as I said at the very beginning, as the disciples came to Jesus, as he began to preach the Sermon on the Mount that we all know, uh, that, that we have, so many have heard about, that is where it all began. That is where everything started is because they came to Jesus to hear his words. So I just want to challenge you today to come to him. It's a very simple thing to do. Jesus is always there for you. He is always there eager to speak to you. He is always there eager to do life with you. So as you come to him, as you call out to him, he will answer and I can promise you that. It's a personal experience of mine. It's not something that I've been taught to speak. It's not something that, that I've been told to say. It's just something that I, it comes out of my spirit because I can't help but share that God has changed my life so powerfully. And that's what it's all about. That's what everything is all about. So um, if you would all just stand with me for a moment. I just want you to focus. So if that means to close your eyes, if that's, that's off of what I do when I need to focus. If you need to close your eyes, if you need to just, you know, look down or, or whatever that is, I want you to really just be alone in this moment right now and experience God in his presence because he is here with us today and he wants to speak in and through each one of us. God's love is so great. His love is so deep. And it is for you. Everything that he has done is, is for you. So I just want to give um, an opportunity for anybody today. If you if you're beginning to grasp the greatness of God, the greatness of his peace, his love, his mercy, his grace, if you're beginning to understand what that is today and you want more of that, if you want to experience that on a, on a regular basis, then I really want to just give you an opportunity to, to begin a relationship with him today. Uh, that's really what it is. It is a relationship with God. It's not a religion necessarily. It's not, you know, that's something we might call it because it's simple to call it that because we like to title everything. But it's really a relationship with the God of the universe. It's the, a relationship with, with the one who formed the world, the one who created you. You know, God is so mighty. He's so strong, but he is here 
because he wants to encounter you in your life right now. So uh, if that's you today, if you want to experience God in a new way, if you want to, you know, give your life to him and say, you know, I'm done trying to do this all on my own. I'm done trying to go to my friends. I'm done trying to go to other things to figure out what this life thing is all about. It is about Jesus. I can promise you that I'm confident in that today. That when you let Jesus intersect your life, when you begin to have an encounter with him, then that is when everything starts to shift in your life and you will be blessed. So I'm just going to count to three, real simple. And if you would like to experience God, if you would like to give your life to him today, just you and him, that I just want you to simply uh, just lift your hand just so that I can see, so that I can pray with you today, okay? Um, so if you would like to give your heart to Jesus today, I'm just going to count to three, and you raise your hand. So one, two, three, if that's you today. So for the, for the benefit of anyone who did raise their hand, if you all could just pray along with me out loud, I'm just going to speak and then you can repeat what I have to say. Um, but really pray this from your spirit today. Pray this from your heart. Just pray this. God, thank you so much for what you've done. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you that you have the answers. I believe that you came to earth, Jesus. I believe that you died and that you rose again in three days. And I believe that you want to experience a relationship with me today. So I confess that I am imperfect. But I give that over to you today. And I pray that you would make me a new creation so that I can be your child. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.